Welcome back to High Hope Sportscast. Uh, this is DJ, joined again by my buddy JJ. Uh, how how's your last uh, couple days here? Uh, things are looking brighter and brighter. Uh, it was a heck of a fun game last night to watch, and I'm sure we'll get into that. So let's get this thing rocking and rolling. Yeah, you bet. <clears throat> All right. Uh, before we get into that, we're uh, we're gonna go over the players of the month of November, um, and then the, also the rookies of the month. Um, who do you got for that? Player of the month was one of our favorite players on the Vikings, Justin Jet Jefferson. He recorded 24 catches and 464 yards over the month of November with three receiving touchdowns. Uh, uh, in the AFC, our Offensive Player of the Month was Jonathan Taylor. He had 556 yards rushing. He averaged 156.8 scrimmage yards, eight rushing touchdowns, and one receiving for nine total touchdowns for the month. Hats off to Jonathan Taylor. Uh, the AFC Defensive Player of the Month was J.C. Jackson of the New England Patriots, the, the DB. He had four interceptions, one which was returned for a touchdown, six tackles, six passes defended, and one forced fumble. So he had one heck of a week or month with four picks. Uh, the NFC Defensive Player of the Month was Robert Quinn, and he recorded five and a half sacks last month. And moving on to the NFC Rookie uh, was Micah Parsons. And one guy I'm really high on in the AFC rookie would be Mac Jones out of New England Patriots. All right, yeah. Um, obviously, as Vikings fans, we're excited to see Justin Jefferson as that uh, player of the month for NFC offense. Um, and Jonathan Taylor, like I said in the last episode, he's just been on fire um, this season, so... Uh, it's kind of good to see those guys in there, uh, in their, uh, first couple seasons of their careers. So, all right. Uh, I mean, then after next... watching last night's game with, gonna say, after watching last night's game with Micah Parsons out of the Dallas Cowboys, he, he would be my, uh, preliminary, uh, Defensive Rookie of the Year of the NFC. I don't know how you think about that, but yeah, I, I definitely. Um, he's he's playing like he's not even a rookie tonight with the Cowboys on the road in the Saints was twenty-seven to seventeen. And then uh, the note on that game was New Orleans has lost five straight games in a season for the first time in a Sean Payton coaching era. Yeah, I uh I watched that game and uh it uh I definitely thought Taysom Hill was gonna do a little better than that. Um but he had four picks and I kind of feel like he's kind of his new contract is he's kind of stealing the money from the uh the Saints here. Um I don't uh really know why they gave him that bit of a extension. Um, he hasn't really played quarterback that much. I know he's been kind of a Swiss Army knife for the Saints, um, but he hasn't really gone into that starting role as a, a quarterback until last night, and we kind of seen 
a preview of what that would be like. So, quarterback under the Sean Payton offensive playbook because you know, like with Breeze, they were blessed with Breeze, and uh, uh, somehow they beat the Packers opening week in uh, Jacksonville due to the hurricane situation in Louisiana. But um, he, if you if you notice during the game, he had that splint on his right hand on his middle finger. And I, yeah. I think that I think that might have affected his throwing in this. He did manage to throw two touchdowns, 100 yards rush on the day. So hats off to Taysom Hill for what could be uh, no. I mean, he. Uh, I I still just couldn't believe that he he threw through four picks, but like you said, that that injured finger uh, could have definitely been a cause of that. Um, hats off to the Cowboys' defense um, for getting that many turnovers last night. Uh, Trayvon Davis with another interception uh, for his rookie campaign. Just outstanding uh, defensive player right there. Um, he And then another one I wanted to touch on was J. Ron Curse. The interception right on the sideline. At first when I saw it, it didn't look like it was an interception. Um, but after watching the replay, he did get his feet in bounds. What an amazing effort by him to get that interception on the sideline. Wow. Yeah, I know we were both watching the game, and you reached out to me, and I just kind of, to let everybody know, he used to play for the Minnesota Vikings, and he bounced around to Detroit, and now he ended up as a starter in the, on the Dallas Cowboy uh, Quinn-led defense, so... Uh, hats off to him for persevering and, and finding a place in the league. I mean, that interception is something you would see out of a cornerback, not really out of a safety. So, right. What a great, what a great play. Hey, maybe, uh, uh, watching, uh, Harrison Smith, uh, here in Minnesota, uh, kind of helped him with that. <laughs> Well, Harry the Hitman's one hell of a safety, and we can talk more about him a different time. But I just wanted to ask you, what did you think about uh, Ezekiel Elliott last night for the Cowboys? Man, I was thinking that, too. Uh, in the beginning of the game, I, I didn't even see him out there. Uh, it was Tony Pollard. Um, so I kind of I looked, I looked up Ezekiel Elliott just briefly, uh, and it said he's been dealing with a, I believe it's a knee injury uh, since early in the season. So I, he must just be playing through it, and they're just eliminating his snaps. But he definitely is not the same Zeke as he usually is. I just uh, if he's that if he's hurt that bad where he's eliminating his snaps, I don't see why they just don't sit him because Tony Pollard is by far capable of, you know, filling in for him. So, but that game too, uh, Mike McCarthy was out with COVID. Obviously we touched on that last episode and hats off to Dan Quinn and how he managed that game and, uh, got the win without uh, his head coach next to him. And, um, yeah, it, it, I'm happy for Dan Quinn. 
you know, I wouldn't be surprised if in the mini coaching carousel openings that they're going to be at the end of the year, if Dan Quinn doesn't get snatched up as a head coach again after the way he, his defense basically shut the Saints down. Um, you know, granted there was no Elvin Kamara last night. He did not play, but I was kind of impressed. I don't know about you, not that number 11, Deontay Harris. He got that yeah. fourth quarter catch and run all the way down for a touchdown. Right. So it was a good game all in all, and we've been treated to some pretty good prime time. If you don't know, next week, uh, it's the Pittsburgh Steelers in uh, U.S. Bank Stadium against our Minnesota Vikings, so I can't wait to do some predictions and post uh, analysts on uh, on that game next Thursday. Yeah. Um, yeah, so uh, we're going to move on, and uh, we're going to talk about this next thing here. Um, AP signed with the Seahawks. Um, that's kind of... Uh, I don't know. It, it, it's kind of weird. Um, but it, it also doesn't surprise me uh, at all, uh, with the history of Seattle signing ex-Vikings. Um, but one thing I did want to point out, I did, uh, see an article that, uh, Peterson's dad is actually upset that the Vikings didn't reach out to him because, um, you know, Delvin Cook is hurt. So, um, he, his dad kind of, Wanted to see AP back in purple. I uh, understand why his dad would be upset because we have a glaring hole right now with Dalvin Cook being out. My opinion about this AP thing, I, I you know, AP will always be a Viking to me, so it, it would have been pretty sweet to see him back in purple, but uh, I don't know. I think maybe the Vikings uh, kind of did a smart move here about not reaching out to him. He's... I don't know. He, he's he's getting there up in age, and uh, I don't really know how much of a factor he would have been uh, with us. But so I don't I don't really know. Well, I guess we'll see how he does in Seattle. And he's 36 now, and he just needs 98 yards with the Seahawks to reach 15,000 career yards. And to throw that into perspective, DJ the. Emmett Smith, Walter Payton, Frank Gore, and Barry Sanders are the previous four running backs to uh, eclipse 15,000. So if you know Emmett, Walter, and Barry are all Hall of Famers, I don't know. Could you Would you classify Frank Gore, who's bounced around a little bit in the league, as a potential Hall of Fame running back at 15,000 yards? I I think he is. I, I think they've even said that before that Frank Gore will be in the Hall of Fame. I I think he 100 percent deserves that. You know, you, you if you put up that many rushing yards in the league, I think you do deserve a gold jacket. And um, you know, AP was so much fun to watch when he broke into the league. He was a new breed. And I just really felt bad for him that the cancel culture took got kind of carried away and wanted to put him on the shelf for a whole year when we, when we really needed him the, during that what year. What is that? Two thousand fifteen. 
yeah, I think so. Um, I don't remember exactly what year that was. <laughs> uh, he got kind of caught up in that child case or whatever yeah. that happened. But some stats otherwise for AP, he's played with the Saints, the Washington football team, the Detroit Lions, Tennessee Titans, uh, now the Seahawks, and, of course, the Minnesota Vikings. He was the 07 Offensive Rookie of the Year, the 2012 MVP, and the 2012 Offensive Player of the Year, and four All-Pro honors. So he's very decorated, and I wish him the best, and I hope he can help Seattle kind of salvage what they got left this year. Yeah, it'll definitely be uh, interesting to see what uh, AP can do in a Seahawks uh, uniform. Um, And another thing that I wanted to – uh, I think we kind of both talked about this last night. Um, there was uh, four, five, and six NFC teams going into last night. With the Saints losing last night, there's only three. Um, so who do you think is the best five and six team in the NFC? Uh, we got, uh, of course, our Vikings, Atlanta, and the Washington football team. Well, and not being a homer, I would obviously go with the Vikings, but after watching Monday Night Football with the Washington football team and this young Taylor Heineke, I'd have to, in that division in the East, that you just never know what's going to happen. They hold their own destiny. I had to go with the Washington football team at this point. How about you? Uh, yeah, I, I was actually thinking the same exact thing. Um, I didn't want to really um, toot our own horn, so to say, and just go with the Vikings as an easy uh, pick here. But I I actually uh, kind of thought it through um, and how the Washington football team has turned that team around of late. And Taylor Heineke, uh, I definitely have to go with them. Um, I wouldn't put it past them if they steal a playoff spot. Well, how upset would you be if one of the other three teams end up in the seventh seed and we're on the eighth in the eighth spot looking at, looking out? Um, I mean, obviously, I'd be upset as a Vikings fan, but you gotta look at it as you know who who wanted it more, you know, uh, who who put in more effort. Um, and I just. At times, uh, Minnesota this year, I just don't see a consistent uh, effort all around in the team. Um, obviously, yeah, uh, there is sometimes that I do see that, but I just I haven't been impressed in some games where I don't think that the whole team in general all around it is just putting in their best effort. So uh, ultimately, you got to look at who wanted it more. So. I agree kind of what you're saying. Uh, to back up what you said is, I don't know if you've heard the stat, but in games this year, with two minutes or less remaining in the first half, the Vikings have allowed 66 points to opposing offenses uh, ending out the first half of the football game. So... When we're losing by less than seven points, we got to look back to are these guys tired? Are they giving up? Or what's the scenario you think that 
why were our defenses allowing so many darn points with two minutes to go in the first half? That <clears throat> that's a great question. I <laughs> I wish I knew the answer to. Um, but there's even after uh, this last game, I just I don't know what the problem is. I, I don't know the answer. I don't know. Um, they they just find different ways every single game that they lose. Uh, they, there's different reasons on why they lose, so it, it it's hard to. All right, uh, we're gonna move on to the next thing here. Uh, I wanted to kind of uh, kind of predict on who we think is gonna win the the MVP as of right now. Uh, who do you who do you have there, JJ? Um, you know, based off uh, the player of the month and and uh, in the AFC, I, I just have to look at how Jonathan Taylor is running the ball, even against some of the tougher defense, such as the Buffalo Bills. And, you know, he scored nine touchdowns a month for five months or four months. That's going to be close to 35-plus touchdowns. And we haven't seen production like this really since LaDainian Tomlinson. So he's gonna be in uh he's gonna be mentioned with some pretty good running backs and probably a potential MVP trophy at the end of the season. Uh my MVP prediction uh early in the season, um it would have been hands down it would have been Tyler Murray. Um but since he's hurt, obviously he's probably not gonna see that MVP this year. Um and I, uh, it, it's weird because we didn't really, uh, talk about who we were going to pitch until now. And it, it's crazy on how alike we think. Um, so I, I'm actually going with Jonathan Taylor as my MVP prediction as of right now, too. So <laughs> I think yeah. he's just, he, he's just crazy good right now on fire. Uh, if he keeps it up, I definitely think he will see that MVP. Award. Well, another thing I was going to tell you, DJ, I don't know if you have access to it, but our listeners might be able to. They're doing a in-season hard knocks, and if you're not familiar with hard knocks, it's kind of like a behind-the-scenes of a football team and how the operation is run from the management side to the practice side to the game side, and it shows tidbits of each coaching and during the game and big plays during the game and sideline chatter. It's really exciting, but that's what kind of got me on the JT train was watching the Hard Knocks Colts is featured this year, and he's just a really humble guy. He doesn't say a lot, and it was funny. They were showing a, a clip from Good Morning Football, which is on NFL Network in the mornings, and uh, I think it was Schrager was saying, you know, how good JT was doing and talking him up. And he just sits there and doesn't smile or he he's just calm and collective. Just He knows he's good and he knows they got a good quarterback and Carson Wentz. And I think the Colts have something special. Uh, I really like Frank Reich as their coach. He uh, used yeah. to be a Buffalo Bill backup quarterback that Jim Kelly. 
So he has experience in the league and, um, I just, I, I, uh, I'm anxious to see the next six weeks of football. He's already over 1200 yards rushing and number one rusher in the league. So, uh, just wanted to mention that Delvin's only about 500 off the pace. So him missing <laughs> games isn't good, but he should eclipse a thousand yards once again this year. We're going to get into some uh, Week 13 matchups, uh, and we're going to uh, give three picks each, uh, one being our lock, uh, and then another uh, just normal game, and then one ep- upset win each. Um, so the first game we have um, is, on Sunday is the Giants and the Dolphins. Um, I don't th- – this might be a close game. Uh, but I, with Tua and Waddle, like we said last episode, we uh, it, it might be leaning towards the Dolphins' side. But if Barkley gets back to his original form, this game could be pretty interesting. Yeah, I uh, I agree. Uh, we talked a little bit about Waddle and his touchdown dance and. The only question I have, uh, it could be a lock of the week because Daniel Jones, Sterling Shepard, and Kadarius Tony are all questionable and are looking at long shots to play down in Miami. So the, they got Miami favored by four and a half. So that, that'll be interesting if those, those giants are, are out. Um, it should be, end up being a blowout. <laughs> so, uh, the, the next game, um, is actually my lock. Um, I have my lock as the Colts over the Texans. Uh, the Colts are six and six, and the Texans are two and nine. Okay, I uh, I gotta tell you, I looked hard and long at putting the Colts as my lock, but uh, it's a safe pick, and I know that's kind of a. Uh, Looks like the Houston's going to be having some injury issues with David Johnson, Cooks, and Connolly. So if those guys don't play, look for the Colts to win by double digits. I'd have to agree with you. Yeah, and even with our our uh, MVP prediction, Jonathan Taylor, if he uh, gets it going, he, it's it's going to be over. <laughs> <laughs> they are one of the and, worst rush defenses in the league. Yeah, thirty-first ranked run defense. So I, I just totally expect Jonathan Taylor to just run all over them. <laughs> he might be a candidate, Taylor, for a DFS player of the week. Lock him in, and then make some money off JT. Yeah. What was your your upset of the week? Um, my upset uh, is gonna be it's gonna be crazy, but uh, I'm going with. The Atlanta Falcons over Tom Brady and the Bucks. <laughs> Loving some Matt Ryan and some Cordero Patterson right now, aren't you? Oh yeah, I have uh, I have Cordell Patterson on my fantasy team, so <laughs> he's kind of a he's kind of a Swiss Army knife for the Falcons. There, he can do just about anything. Uh, and well, Tom Brady, Tom Brady is nine and zero career record versus Atlanta, including the playoffs. So if the Falcons pull this up, it would 
definitely be the ultimate upset ever. <laughs> well, I just wanted to touch on the news about Antonio Brown. Uh, he has been suspended along with two other Bucks players for not abiding by the COVID-19 rules that are in place. Did you hear much about that, DJ? Yeah, I, I briefly saw that. Uh, there was there was talk about that uh, a few weeks ago, um, and I kind of expected this to come. So I just, I don't know. I AB has just kind of been a, a cancer, so to say, if you want to say that, uh, since leaving the Steelers. It's just, I don't know uh, what's... What's, what his deal is. Well, it's just another example of off-the-field issues that these professional athletes are going through, and I, I I don't know if it's just the fact that they're not being watched close enough by the management or if they're giving them the free will to, to guard themselves and... Um, uh, just, he's just not doing a good job of taking care of himself, I guess. Who's the receiver for uh, the main receiver for Atlanta that has taken a break? Do you remember his name? Uh, Calvin Ridley. Yeah, Calvin Ridley. Do you have anything to share on that? What's going on with him? I I don't. Um, I I read about that. Uh, it was a while ago. I don't remember what week he's eligible to be back. Um, okay. But all I know is that he he left the team to uh, trying to deal with uh, off field stuff. I don't remember if it was his mental health or if it was just uh, it wasn't really set on what it was. I don't. I can't remember a hundred percent on that. But yeah, they the Cardinals or not the Cardinals, uh, the Falcons should definitely use him back in the lineup. But, uh, you know, it's not all about football. you got personal issues uh, like that. Um, you definitely like to see um, the team kind of backing the players up uh, and supporting them through that, especially, uh, you know, with all the stuff that has uh, Everson Griffin has gone through with the Vikings and the fans and, organization is 110% behind him so well I thought it was interesting that GM's Gilman would come out and tell the NFL family and community that there's a mental health team on the Vikings staff which I think is outstanding for the, the times we live in and they were right there with Everson to try and uh, mediate the situation. So Godspeed to Everson. I know he went into a hospital, so we're kind of waiting to hear what his situation is, but Zimmer didn't sound too uh, optimistic that uh, Everson would be back on the field this year. But I'm praying that he gets recovered, and that's the most important part at this point. Yep, definitely. Um, and then, uh, speaking of the Vikings, uh, that, that's the next game we got up here. Um, Minnesota 5 and 6 over, uh, the Lions 0 oh, 10 and 1. Uh, Minnesota's won eight straight games versus Detroit. Um, but I do want to say, 
Um, Minnesota can't get too confident here. Uh, the, the Lions are winless. Um, so a lot of teams, they, they like to get overconfident when they play winless teams like this. This is, this should be easily a trap game where we go in too confident and the Lions come out and ultimately beat the Vikings. So, um, the Vikings have got to be careful this week. Uh, the Lions, even though they're winless, they, uh, they're definitely capable of winning on any given Sunday, just like any NFL team. And do you remember the game at U.S. Bank? 19-17 uh, to 17 was the final, and we had the ball in the last possession, just kind of like what we did uh, versus the um, the Chargers. And uh, uh, I just think that, uh, you know, Kirk's from Michigan, so uh, he's going to be playing in front of a lot of his family and relatives. And I just think that uh, Madison and Wangu are going to have to step up in that Delvin's absence and um, look for the Lions to try and run it down our throat. But the good news on the Vikings is we're getting Delvin Tomlinson back and we're getting Michael Pierce has been off IR. And I think Anthony Barr's been cleared to play. So instead of being down five starters, we're only going to be down two starters. So gives our defense a lot better chance of performing at the the high expectations that we have for them. Yeah, that's uh, definitely good. Uh, so that that game will be definitely be interesting. Um, uh, even though the the lines are winless, I still think it's going to be a, a good game. So, uh, this next game, uh, is actually my, my other pick here. Um, I have the Eagles five and seven beating the three and eight Jets. Um, Philadelphia, they are 11 and all all time versus the Jets. Uh, most win without a loss in any all time series. Wow. So yeah, I think Jalen Hurts is going to have a big game against the Jets here. Uh, and, Hopefully the Eagles can uh, win this for my pitch here. <laughs> the next game we got is uh, the nine and two Cardinals and the four and seven Bears. Um, I was gonna put this as one of my picks, um, but I, I, I mean, it would have been an easy pitch. Uh, I definitely think the Cardinals will beat the Bears here. Uh, the Cardinals are for number one seed in the NFC here. Um, and Arizona is six and zero on the road this season. Uh, third, almost thirty three points per game in those. Games. Uh, Vegas is saying Arizona by seven and a half. So, um, I ended up going with the Cardinals this, on this pick as well. Yeah, I definitely think it's. Uh, I feel like it's going to be a blowout there. Um, so, the next game is. Uh, the six and five Chargers at the seven and four Bengals. Um, each of the last five meetings have been decided by one possession. Kind of, kind of sounds like our Vikings this year. <laughs> um, <laughs> no doubt. I feel like this game is going to be a close game. Um, the the Bengals have definitely surprised me this year. Uh, they're usually one of the worst teams in the league, but they're uh, sitting at seven and four. And uh, Herbert and the Chargers, they they are no joke either. So uh, I think this is going to be uh, a tight battle between these two teams here. 
I'd have to agree with you. Uh, there is really no injury status that we need to worry about in this game. Uh, there is going to be a 10-mile-an-hour wind, and uh, Cincinnati and Vegas is favored by three. So um, as of late, I would be uh, highlighting T. Higgins and the, out of the receiver core on the Bengals and look for uh, Austin Eckler to get a lot of catches out of the backfield uh, in this game. I'll take the Cincinnati Bengals over the, the Chargers. <laughs> All right, this next game uh, is actually, it looks like it's your lock of the week. Uh, the 7-4 Rams over the 2-9 and nine Jaguars. Uh, the Rams uh, allowed 28-plus points in three straight games, um, once in first eight games. Uh, I still think uh, that the... The Rams are still contenders, even though they've fallen off late. Um, but especially against the Jaguars here and that rookie quarterback, Trevor Lawrence, I, this is a no-brainer for me also. Oh, yeah. I, uh, this is my lock alert of the week. Uh, Rams favored by 13, almost two full scores. Only thing you got to look at what the Rams is Henderson, the running back, is questionable, and OBJ as of today is hasn't practiced. So uh, those are the two question marks on the Rams side of the ball. And as of the Jaguars, their stud running back uh, Robinson is listed as questionable. So look for the Rams defense to show up big here and uh, pick off Tyler. Uh, Trevor Lawrence a few times, and uh, I I would have to say that uh, Sony Michelle would have a stepped up game if Henderson can't go. Obviously, I uh, got this as my lock. L.A. Rams big over Jacksonville. All right, then this next one is going to be interesting as well. Um, either one of these two teams should, should pull this out. Uh, the Washington Football Team at, at five and six. Against the, the Las Vegas Raiders at six and five. Um, if I had to pick this game, I I really don't know who I would pick here. Um, the Raiders have been very good, uh, especially with all the off season or off field uh, related things they're going through. But this football team, uh, they, Taylor Heineke, like I said before, he's turned this this club around. Um, I looked to, to for this game to be a very close game, uh, and it should come down to uh, who has the ball last year in this game. Uh, that's partially the reason why I uh, have the upset in this one with uh, Washington beating the Raiders at home. Um, a viable piece that swayed me this way was uh, Darren Waller, the superstar tight end for the Raiders, is doubtful at this point. And it looks like uh, for the Washington football team, they're going to still have Gibson at running back with McKissick. And uh, Curtis Samuel's back, which was a nice addition last week, and their superstar tight end, Logan Thomas, will play. So Vegas... Sportsbook has the the Raiders by one, so it's kind of a pick 'em on that one. But I'm going to go with the Washington Football Team this week. Yeah, I think that's that's how I would go to uh, his uh, Washington there. Uh, the next one, 
the number one seed in the AFC, eight and three Ravens, uh, against the five, five and one Steelers. Uh, this is one of the, the best, uh, rivalry games in the NFL. Um, Ravens and Steelers, they have never really liked each other. <laughs> um, I, but I don't, I, I don't see the Steelers, uh, um, they, I don't know. I think the Ravens are gonna, are gonna win this game. Steelers kind of feel like, I feel like they're done, um, for the season. They haven't really been doing much this year. Uh, so I, I look to see Lamar Jackson and the Ravens, uh, pulling this one out. Uh, yeah, the, the, I might give a slight, uh, advantage for Pittsburgh playing at home and having that great defense, but, uh, they have that young kid we talked about, Najee Harris, at running back. I think that he's hitting the rookie wall because in, in the college season, they're about wrapping up the season. And now in pros, he's got six weeks to go. And they've really peppered him with carries and targets in the receiving game. And uh looks like their rookie tight end, Pat Friermuth is questionable, and uh, there's no injuries to report for Baltimore. And Vegas has Baltimore at a four-and-a-half-point advantage, so I'm going to go with the Ravens in this one as well. Yeah, um, <clears throat> like I said, I, I think uh, I think Big Ben is uh, coming to the very end of his career here. Um, so, I, yeah, I definitely don't see the, the Steelers winning this, and if it if they happen to win somehow, I gotta say that it would have to be the reason, uh, of Najee Harris. Um, that's really the only thing they have going for them. So, um, so we're gonna move on here to, uh, the 49ers, six and five on uh, the three and eight Seahawks. Um, the Seahawks have won 13 of the last 15 games, uh, against the 49ers. I, I don't see that stat, um, reflecting this game. Uh, the Seahawks just haven't been the normal Seahawks this year. So I, I look to see, uh, the 49ers win this one. I would like to see the Seahawks, uh, take this game, but I, I ultimately think it's going to be, uh, the Niners taking this one. Uh, granted the games on the road, uh, in Seattle. It looks like Alex Collins is questionable, the running back. Um, what I see out of Seattle Monday night against Washington, I just, uh, it just seems like a lot of frustration in that locker room. But what I seen out of San Francisco against our Vikings is that I have to put the, uh, the San Francisco 49ers, even it sounds like Devo Samuel's not going to play. He's doubtful. At this point, but I would have to put my money behind the San Francisco 49ers at this point. Yeah, uh, they, they just, like I said, the Seahawks just haven't been how they normally are this year. It, it, it I don't know what's going on with them. Um, but, uh, here, here we go. The, the Sunday night game, this one, um, it could be interesting. I don't know that the, it's the six and five Broncos, uh, against the seven and four Chiefs. 
Uh, the Chiefs coming off a bye. Um, and the Broncos, they, they've kind of been up and down this year, I, I, I think personally. Um, but I think, uh, that Mahomes and the Chiefs are gonna, they've been pretty hot lately. So I think they're gonna continue that, uh, and, uh, keep this run to the playoffs going. And, uh, they're gonna, uh, get a victory over the Broncos, I believe. All I gotta say is Pat Mahomes. Chiefs, Chiefs, Chiefs. They're favored by nine and a half. Um, it's just gonna be, they're gonna out off, uh, the Kansas City offense is gonna come up with, uh, four or five plus scores in that game. So, uh, Denver is more of a run first team, you know, and, uh, they got Pat Shermer as their OC. He used to coach, uh, coach in Minnesota. So they like the run to set up the pass. And I think the Chiefs can pass, run, and do whatever they want. I got the Chiefs by a big margin Sunday night football. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, so that brings us to our last game, uh, the Monday night game, the eight and four Patriots. Uh, over the seven and four Bills. Um, this game you have as your upset. Um, I don't really, I wouldn't really consider it an upset in my opinion. Um, th- this game could go either way. I don't think if, if either team wins, I don't think it would be an upset. Um, but you have the Patriots winning, uh, over the Bills. I think this is going to be a close game. Um, but I have heard, um, from other reports that uh, if Josh Allen tries to do too much, he might find himself in trouble. Um, so I ultimately, even though um, I don't really care for the Bills, in my honest opinion, um, I still think that uh, the Patriots are going to pull this one out. Yeah, I got this on a big upset alert this week. Uh, Buffalo's at home, and uh, we're going to have a monsoon snowstorm, it looks like, with 25-mile-hour winds, 10% chance of snow. Buffalo's favored by two and a half. Uh, New England's only worry is maybe their kicker might is questionable. He got a little dinged up last game. But look for the New England ground game and Bill Belichick and his son's defensive game plan to give Josh Allen fits all night. Mac Jones throws a touchdown to Hunter Henry, and I got the the New England Patriots upsetting the Bills at home by a, by a field goal. All right, well that uh, that recaps uh, our episode today. Um, we gave our picks here, and um, we went over some uh, news and uh, all the the games that come on uh, Sunday and Monday here. Um, so in the next episode, we will uh, be recapping all of the week's games, uh, and we'll see who won our picks. And we do have a Facebook page uh, if you want to go check it out, uh, High Hope Sports Cast uh, on Facebook. Uh, give it a like and uh, give the show a like, and we appreciate it. And we've gotten... Uh, I believe 13 listeners since publishing our last episode, our first episode yesterday. Um, so it, it's a be, it's a beginner thing. 
Um, but we're going to continue to try and grow this thing and uh, try and get more listeners. So if uh, you guys could help us out and share this show, just uh, some more listeners here, that would be highly appreciated. Uh, so with that being said, um, we will uh, see you on the next episode. And everyone take care. And once again, thanks for tuning in for, to High Hope Sportscast. And we'll talk with you next time.